0: You know,
1: Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. No, please don't
0: kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be. Enjoy the movies. Thank you so much, Marcy. Oh, I love Marcy. She only rents '70s Italian horror, and she eats lemon heads. She also stabbed a girl. Twice. <gasps> I didn't hear Two separate times, though.
2: Uh, well, I'm sure she had it coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there. Welcome to the Carpenter Queen's podcast, coming to you live from the TCQ Video Store, where you can pick up the best and worst in horror for only 69 cents a day. Welcome in, fellow Queerdos. I'm a slut
2: for pumpkin spice. Whoa. My
0: name is Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Later tonight, I'm getting my nipples pierced. Oh my my name is Raymond. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, ma'am.
0: No, ma'am. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing? Clearly,
2: Raymond's having a nipply time. Mmm. ow. <laughs> I had to. I was trying to come up with like a quote from the movie, and that was like the the most memorable thing I can remember. I'm not gonna be able to take you seriously with these witch fingers on
0: right now. We're, I, this is gonna be an uh, ASMR video. Every we just lost 20 listeners. <laughs> no, ma'am. Currently, everybody. Halloween. It's Halloween. Currently, Raymond is wearing witch fingers for this season.
2: <laughs> Full set, y'all. Full set. <laughs> 22 inches 22 inches oh my god time and place
0: happy last week of october our lovely listeners we truly hope you've had a wonderful and safe month we've had a blast all month long going to haunts events and having the fear they're talking queers over last week for a special two-week crossover event It's an absolute pleasure having them on with us. But if you'd like to hear our reactions to the newly released Halloween Kills, head on over to their show for the second half of our two week crossover event. We will link their show in this week's description so excited i feel like this is when like teenage mutant ninja turtles went to power ranger show and then like they went to their show (laughs) or
2: like when sunny and share were on scooby doo or (laughs) it's you know these random crossovers but i'm i'm so i'm i'm so excited for everybody to hear because this is going to be the first time that we're going to be covering something that's still out in theaters like a real what uh, a reviewer A real reviewer, a reporter, (laughs) reviewer, we know.
0: (laughs) It has been a very busy, busy month for the Queens. And we hope you've all had a blast with us. We want to know how your spooky season's been going. Hit us up on our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens on our Twitter at Carpenter Queens. to let us know how
2: you celebrate it. We would love for y'all to leave a comment and rate the podcast. If you love what you hear, hit that subscribe button or follow button wherever you are streaming. This week's rental, y'all, to close out our Halloween Horrors Month is the 20th anniversary of Laurie Strode's infamous battle with the Boogeyman. We've talked about her alternate timeline with Halloween 2018. And listeners, we are going back to the original shift in Michael Myers' messy timeline for 1998's Halloween H20 20 Years Later. Directed by Steve Miner with screenplay by Robert Zappia and Matt Greenberg.
1: It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. I <laughs> love
2: oh, the way this man thinks.
1: No booze,
2: no drugs, no kidding.
1: One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I went to hide. Terrible. Take off your glasses. My brother killed my sister. <laughs> How would he do that? With a really big kitchen knife.
2: That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been twenty
1: years. What's he waiting for? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? What, what, what's going on, baby? I don't know. This is a sick joke. <laughs> now. Come on! The face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time.
0: This wonderful 90s meta slasher is available to stream on FUBU, AMC Plus, and DirecTV. Otherwise, you're gonna have to rent or purchase this, and I find that so random. It is so random. I have not a clue. I just coding brand? No, like apparently it's like a. <laughs> yes, Fubu. <laughs> yeah, Fubu is apparently like a streaming app. I wonder if it's like one of those free ones, like Crackle. Do you remember Crackle?
2: No, bitch. That sounds no. poor as fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna move on to.
2: Four twenty. which you smoking? What did you smoke with this week's watch? I just smoked a little bit of my stash, but we picked it up from Canada I Grow yet again. And um, we've been really digging her concentrates. Mm-hmm. And we got, I believe these are, I think, diamonds. And it's gelato cake. Ooh. Oh my gosh, that looks so yummy. Yeah, it's very delicious. I just put a little bit on top of the bowl, sparked it up. And it was yes, just yes. Yes, all the yes, please, all the
0: yes. This week I smoked what I smoked on the premiere. Um, the premiere, Pr- Prima- Citral Sweet. It's so yes. freaking tasty. What baffles my brain is that it's still like spongy. I mean, I know I do take like good care of my weed. I make sure to stash it really well. Mm-hmm. I like to make mm-hmm. sure to use the like either the Q-tip trick or the orange. tip trick. trick. I've never heard that one. It's where you uh, break a Q-tip in half and then you lightly dip it in water, make sure there's not too much water and then tape it on the inside of your lid of your jar. It makes sure that your weed is still moist. Just don't keep it in there too long because then it can do the opposite and like cause mold. But it makes sure that your bud's really nice. It's like when you put orange
2: peels in there and you just want moisture in your bud so it doesn't get all dry. I've never heard of those tricks because what Richard and I do is we buy these things on Amazon Uh, One of them is those little 2A moisture things that they usually put in like beef jerky. (laughs) You guys are so much fancier than I am. And then we also have, we buy these little brown tabs that um, help retain the THC in it, the terpenes. Oh, Oh, that's right. You showed me those things before. They're really
0: neat. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm way too old school with like stashing and stuff because it's, I'm a one man army over here. I I, (laughs) I'm, I'm the only one who smokes, so I'm the only one who has to take care of it. If I take care of it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's weed, it'll be fine, I'll just burn that shit off. You know how many times I've smoked weed that fell on the ground, did not give a shit? <sighs> call it good. <laughs> <laughs> 10 second rule.
1: Oh, Jesus, gross.
0: While we are smoking, what was your first interaction with this movie? What, like, are your first memories with it? I'm sure it's a bit stronger than you than for me because I'm so young. And I just, I wouldn't, I couldn't recollect it.
2: I hate you. (laughs) I hate (laughs) you. Anyways, um, my first like memory of this was um, I remember watching it um, like at home. I remember watching it we rented it i believe i it still got me i remember we're watching it with the lights on in the living room and it still got me and the part that got me and we'll get to it is when um molly and john are trying to get away from um, michael myers no no, it's right before the gate when they're standing there to catch their breath and they're talking and he just comes out of nowhere and grabs uh john by the hair no he grabs john doesn't he oh no he does grab molly Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 that part scared the crap out of me. I remember jumping up <laughs> and being so scared. But that's my first memory of it. Was watching it at home. I we, we, I guess I was too young to like. Go, obviously, I was too you? young. This was '98. I was ten. Oh,
0: okay. This is probably the best time. Like as horrible as that is to say, and like scare a child at ten. <laughs> I think it's the perfect time because he's the boogeyman. And I, I think every child needs a boogeyman. I just, I think it's part of growing up and I bet you were f-
2: terrified after that. Mm-hmm. Well, if I wa- was watching this on VHS, it probably didn't come out to a year later. So it's probably more like 99. 99. Um, but cause that turnaround back in the day was at least a year long. I remember mm-hmm. like from the time a movie came out in theaters to the time it came out on VHS was at least a year turnaround. And it, it, I couldn't grasp it at the time, but thinking about it now, I'm like, they had to, like, print out all that strips of VHS and cassettes and the packaging. Like, there was a lot that went into there. So I understand now why it was a year turnaround, but I remember, I like, it now. the turnaround now is, like, three months
0: maybe. Sometimes it's, like, even sooner because you can stream Now
2: it. it's, tr- I was about to say, now it's just straight to streaming, so you don't have I to know. wait at all.
0: Speaking of which, we're going to, th- that's how Halloween Kills is going to be shown, is going to be on Peacock
2: isn't that's that crazy crazy that's crazy to me like i don't know if that's an insane move or like a genius move we'll find out we'll we'll have known by we'll have
0: known this oh yeah we're pre-recording so it's difficult but it's just like it's a, what twilight zone era am i in what time zone am i in <laughs>
2: <laughs> moving on you can't ask me Oh okay. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I thought. It's <laughs> fine. I I'm, wanna... so
0: it's okay. I'm hosting by myself apparently. Hello. Welcome to the Carpenter
2: Queen.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the true star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your first interaction, bitch? Because I know you didn't watch this when it came
0: out. You were what six? Mm You know what's funny? And I'm pretty sure you don't even remember. I how old was I? I want to say I maybe saw this in. Tw- 2002. So I was probably 10 when I saw this movie. You introduced me to this movie because, th- so I remember watching this at one of our sleepovers. I only remember bits and pieces of it because I was so scared. I think I watched maybe two seconds of it because my eyes were closed. <laughs> <laughs> afterwards you would terrify me with our laundry room and you would state michael myers is in there <laughs> michael myers is, is, is he's going to get you dad's yeah, in there, in there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that is my first interaction with it and why i bring up the boogeyman because i forget every single time okay spoiler alert i love this movie it is so 90s it mm-hmm. I think the reason why is because you showed me at such a young age and so it's just imprints on you and it's kind of with you forever the, I think this is my first introduction to Michael is this movie really because mm-hmm. I didn't see 1970 sense. until a good couple of years later I want to say until I was a teen and started getting into it
2: wow I mean that makes sense you like this was most relevant when you were a kid so this is what you're most familiar with and then It's kind of that thing when when something piques your interest, you kind of go back to Mm -hmm. like learn the history of it, which um, I feel like almost any horror nerd has done. Like, something sparked their interest, piqued their interest, and they have to go back and watch the classics to see where this all came from. Which is why we sponsor libraries, because both of our upbringings and teenhoods is
0: when we would go to the library and research all of these things. Mm -hmm. I feel like a PBS Mm -hmm. commercial. Sponsored by your local library. (laughs)
2: and viewers like you I would be gagged if we could get our like photo up in the local libraries of both (laughs) of our like cities that we're currently living in like sponsored by our local stars the
0: Carpenter (laughs) Queens so let's check out this VHS's special features and find out how this movie was made Halloween H2O 20 years later or just simply H2O Duh. Because do you I have to ask this real quick? Pause. Do you, when you mention this movie, how do you bring no. it up?
2: H2O. It's
0: H2O. This is a ridiculously long title.
2: It is. It's stupid. It's it, it's literally like electric boogaloo. Like there was no <laughs> you should you could have just called it H2O. And it's It's a lot. It sounds
0: like a new drink that they made. Like there's Pepsi, Pepsi Light, and clear Pepsi. So it's like Halloween H2O, the new clear edition. Like, (laughs) I did not even know what that would look like. but this film was released august 5th 1998 with a runtime of one hour and 26 minutes it's a lot shorter than i
2: remember it is same even now when you when i'm looking at the runtime i could have swore i saw it here longer taking all these fucking notes (laughs) i have to
0: give it credit where credit is due it covers a lot of material within a very short span of time it does it does it is rated r and we will move on to our
2: taglines it's going to be on hell wait what it's sorry typo <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hate you don't call me out on my own
1: pod
2: <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a family reunion after two decades away guess who's coming to halloween this summer Ter won't be taking a vacation blood is thicker than water 20 years ago he changed the face of halloween tonight he is back some of these are very long-winded i do not like long-winded no. you've complained you've complained
0: about these multiple taglines. Lines. if it's like yeah. longer than like five beats you're like i'm done
2: i stopped I'm reading done. i'm out of it. <laughs> it the whole point of a tagline is to Snap. You're suck your audience in really quickly. It's gonna be quick. It's gotta be snappy. Mm. Snap (laughs) it up. (laughs) There's anything the carpenter queens know about. Sucking (laughs) people up real fast. Oh my god. Time and place. They don't call
0: me Hoover for nothing. (laughs)
1: Oh Oh my god. But I
2: think if I had to choose my favorite, I guess it'd be it's going to be a hell none of these are great. No. I guess it would...
0: No, I don't like any of it. You know what? I like the 20 years ago, he changed the face of Halloween. Tonight, he's back. It's very, very like reminiscent of the original poster. Hello, behind you. And I think the only other one that I really like is Blood is Thicker Than Water. But even then, I don't agree (coughs) with that tagline for this movie. I don't agree either. You you didn't really need a tagline. It's H2O, a rebringing of all these...
2: But that tagline doesn't make sense because they got rid. They decided not to go with the brother sister storyline. They still did. D- yes. D- do- okay. Hold on.
0: We're gonna stop talking about the taglines. equally. Let's move on to a quick segment called the Halloween timelines: the ins and outs of the Halloween franchise. The original Halloween started in 1978. If we're going to follow. Th- three separate timelines there is the sequel timeline so it's 1978 and then quickly follows to halloween 2 in 1981 those follow halloween 4 in 1988 halloween 5 in 1989 and halloween the curse of michael myers in 1995 this is also referred to as the curse of thorn following a whack Hmm. caught like a crazy cult sure why not the next timeline that we're associating with, and the one that we're talking about, is the H2O timeline. Started in 1978, goes on to Halloween 2 in 1981, but then we jump up to 1998 for H2O, and then following this one is your favorite, Halloween Resurrection, 2002. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do Don't that do to
1: that.
0: me. <laughs> and. The Halloween timeline that we're talking about with the Fear the Talking Queers last episode and then their episode this week is the H40 timeline, which is Halloween 2018, the newest release, Halloween Kills in 2021, and the next one, which will be Halloween Ends in 2022. We are not going to mention the remake timeline and we're also not going to mention
2: the anthology timeline. There's a lot of math, so much math. We might talk about the anthology timeline. (laughs) <laughs> but okay, 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 I get it now. I, for some reason I thought that this they I could have swore somewhere along in my BTS that there was that they were saying whatever. That they, it's that not clear. That this up for was me a direct now. sequel. Yeah, I understand now. Directed by
0: Steve Miner, known for directing House in 1985 and infamously Friday the 13th, part two and part three, which For some reason, people like meld together all the time. People think Friday the 13th part one has like all of the aspects of all three,
2: right? Oh, they think like Jason's in part one. Yeah, because Jason,
0: Jason, it's Jason. (laughs) I've seen that movie 20 goddamn times.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree. And obviously like, I feel like most people still don't realize that Jason didn't get his iconic look until three. Because even in part two, he was still stuck the whole time and they don't even have multiple timelines this franchise does and so, sometimes people understand this one
0: whatever <laughs> with characters by deborah hill and john carpenter the story would be by robert zapia with him writing the screenplay with matt greenberg do you want to do the cast because this cast is pretty fr- it's not necessarily fully stacked but the players in this cast go on to do become super famous or are already staples in hollywood
2: Yes, I agree. Much like, well, not much like, but similar to *Screen 2. We have another mm-hmm. kind of stacked cast. Starting with Laurie Strode slash Carrie Tate. The one, the only, the infamous Jamie Lee Kerner. <laughs> Do we need to talk about Jamie? Because I will bring up her Activia no. commercials right now. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <right. laughs> Moving on to Adam Arkin as Will Brennan, who is probably my least favorite character. Uh, kind of hot, though. Yeah, I, He's, I thought he was
0: very hot.
2: Okay, good. I thought it wasn't just me. I thought he was very hot, too. I wanted to gauge how Mm-mm. you were feeling before Mm-mm. I left. Oh, my no. Down. I'm so down, girl. The pants okay. were down already. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have Josh Hartnett as John Tate, Michelle Williams as Molly Cartwell. Michelle, Marilyn Monroe, y'all. I know. I know jody lynn o'keefe as sarah winthrop adam han bird as charlie Devereaux, and tcq alumni and hollywood royalty janet lee as norma watson and if y'all don't know who janet lee is not only is she jamie lee's mother she played infamous marion crane from alfred hitchcock's 1960 psycho like You always get
0: so passionate anytime Psycho is brought up, and I love it. Please, if you have not listened to, please listen to our Psycho episode. It was a very research-heavy one. I'm super proud of that one. So please, everybody go listen to that one. It didn't get enough love. I live, I laugh, I love. Every time she's on this screen, I literally just, like, it's like, as weird as it sounds, it's like seeing, like, your, like, favorite aunt or, like your like, your <laughs> grandma or something. You're just, like, on screen. <sighs> yeah, you're just like, oh, my God, I love you
2: so much. And we'll get to it. But much like, and this is, be, I think this is partly because it was, uh, oh, it was AP produced by Kevin Williams, and there's these uh, nods to Psycho in the movie, which just makes my heart so happy. <laughs> uh, but moving on, we have LL Cool J as Ronnie Jones, Ronald Ronnie Jones, right. Joseph Gordon Levitt as Jimmy Howell, Chris Durand as Michael Myers and uh, coming back to reprise her role as marion chambers is nancy stevens from the two original halloween movies lisa gay hamilton as shirley cheryl jones Please. i love her i love her so much she's L.
0: L. like girlfriend wife oh on the phone.
2: i was like why does it say voice oh, i love that you credited her she was amazing. She has to be credited. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out our cast is Tom Kane as Doctor Loomis's voice, and he does a great job. Because quite does honestly, I job. thought they had taken sound bites from other movies and put them in. I realized they were voiceovers. I can't wait for us to talk about it because it's it,
0: it, it's really interesting as to the method they made sure to stay true to Loomis, not only the character but Donald Pleasance as well.
2: Moving on to
1: reviews.
2: (laughs) IMDb gave it a 5.8 out of 10. Metacritic gave it a 52 out of 100. And Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 52% on the tomato meter and a 49% audience score. Those are quite low in my opinion. I I thought for for sure for the time that this came out, these scores would have been higher. I think because of the time that it came out, these scores are so low. Why? Why do you say that? It's
0: 1998. It's two years after Scream officially came out. By then, there was just... Hello, urban legend. I know what you did last summer. Just another teen slasher. Yes, I do understand Michael Myers' name was attached to it, and I thought would have been a bigger draw, but I think by this point... Curse of Michael Myers came out in 95, so he was still relatively fresh in people's brains. So to do this, Mm -hmm. I think is very new, to alter the timeline for the first time, essentially, and to try and bring back everyone, I don't know if it was a big enough draw for everyone. I think it got lost in the sauce.
2: That's true, this is very true. For production, they
0: were given a budget of $17 million, significantly higher from the originals, 1978, just by a scotch. Just
1: a little, just a little, just a little bit.
0: <laughs> this compared to their box office opening weekend of 16 million and a worldwide gross of 55 million in 1998. I can only imagine, just like the inflation, this is great. This is they damn near made their budget back opening weekend. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to hear that? For our script and pre-production, there had been multiple talks to pick up after Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers in 1995, but nobody wants to go back to The Curse of Thorn. Nobody, not even Paul (laughs) Rudd. I'm going to just say that right now. It is my least favorite in the series. I do not care. Mind you. Mind you. It is over resurrection. It's the last time I'll mention it, I promise originally robert zapia the writer for the film would be one of the few writers to pitch an idea for a fresh take on the halloween franchise especially since dimension films and Trankis international wanted to push the story away from the past few iterations and i really don't blame them not to say that i don't like four and five because those i think are still really excellent movies in their own right and have a different like Vi- vibe different vibe yeah <laughs> different vibe i think it needed something fresh and i really like the freshness of this one I agree. His original pitch, though, was an idea of a copycat killer, a la Silence of the Freaking Lambs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would aid the police in catching Michael, and this would also include a setting of an all-girls school. I'm very happy they decided not to go in this direction because I don't. You, these are slashers. If you're
2: reviving something like this, don't, don't, don't convolute it. It would have watered it down. It would have taken it down a completely different path. And if Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, wasn't already the nail in the coffin for Michael at the time, yeah. this definitely would have been it. Oh, absolutely. You know what this reminds me of? Is when we talked about on our Freddy vs. Jason episode, when they wanted to do a murder trial for <laughs> Jason.
0: <laughs> yes!
2: Or the Fred had cult, bitch. That would have been great.
0: Michael already did the cult. They're like, oh, we did that I one. Am. We have to move on to a murder
2: <laughs> trial. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the same writer jumping around the same fucking idea <laughs> from from franchise to franchise? Blade. However, this would not be the story that they would go forward with, thankfully. Dimension wanted to celebrate the 20th anniversary in a big way, and rightfully so. Right. And to do so, they would bring back on Scream Queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. With her on board, they would alter the script to better fit the tone and the story that they would want to go with. Although Curtis would not be the only person that they would try and bring on for the reunion, John Carpenter was originally considered to direct and follow up to reunite the actor and director for the anniversary celebration. It was originally rumored that Carpenter opted out because he wanted no active part in the sequel, but this was not the case. He agreed to direct, but with a starting fee of $10 million and a three-pitcher deal. He believed the request to be compensation for revenue he had never received in regard to the original Halloween. Enemies of the podcast, the Weinsteins, would deny, this, would deny his demands. Thus, moving forward without Carpenter, instead, they would hire Steve Miner, who was famous for directing two strong sections of the Friday the 13th series.
0: That's... Blows That blows so hard. I feel like John Carpenter is just one of those directors who just like never gets the credit where credit is like rightfully due. And it's so annoying.
2: It's so annoying. And one, he's a hero. Two, he's so punk rock. I love him. And three, I love that he's (laughs) like dug in his heels and was just like, no, like if you want me on board, this is my fee. And then this is what's going to be in my contract because I know the what's the word i'm looking for That's i know like weight and and the weight of my material and yeah like you said my worth like i know what i bring to the table and this is what i'm worth and this is what you're gonna give me and if not i'm gonna walk away and i would love him he's still like on tour doing concerts and shit he's so badass i've i've missed him like two years now that he's been here on halloween uh. and ugh, i i need to i need to go see him so this is hollywood and this this is again, hello, Enemies
0: of the Pod. This is our fourth time mentioning <laughs> the Weinsteins. And they have m- done this multiple times because we're going to talk about this history and they do it, honey, they do it again. They do it, they look at you, raising the bar, of being a scum. Just look at you. <laughs> I don't mind Steve Miner's direction. I think what he did with the material and what he had is it's serviceable and it's still a good movie. There are some choices. Choices, choices were made in this movie that I don't know if John Carpenter would have made. I would have loved to seen one more movie of how the Halloween franchise that John Carpenter did. Cause he hasn't touched it since.
2: Yeah, I mean, aside from like, scoring His involvement in two and scoring. Yeah, he really doesn't touch any of the creative content. Well, I mean, he,
0: he was a creative like director, wasn't he? For the Halloween
2: 2018? I think he was like a creative, con- I wouldn't call him director, consultant, consultant yeah. Um, and then obviously, he came back with his son to do the score which is which amazing which kicks so much ass <sighs> if there was anything I'm so happy that he agreed to do the score I'm so happy he agreed to do the score anyways uh, that's beside the point I think John's moved on from the franchise quite honestly aside from still being it. somewhat involved I don't think he really feels the need or the want to be behind the, the camera do another touch something that I've done that I did 40 years ago and yeah. I
0: thought I mean, multiple people think an excellent piece of work. You know, like why fuck with perfection at that point?
1: I get it. It just
0: sucks. You deserve that. I guess I just want him to get
2: the money you know, take the bag and run sis. Yeah. Well, hopefully they paid him a pretty coin for scoring and I'm sure they did. I'm sure they paid him a pretty coin for, for scoring it.
0: For production, bringing on Jamie Lee solidified the push to try and make a good sequel. Cast Ride Along Curtis would be a fresh, hot, young cast and a majority of them would later find great fame. You can absolutely tell Scream's fingerprints on horror and all of its casting and the vibes of this movie, mm-hmm. because this is definitely its influence. Like I said, it's, yeah, it's in
2: the movie. They're watching screen change.
0: I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Our first episode wraps up into our last episode of the month. I didn't even realize it did that.
1: The
2: bitch. <laughs> Josh Hartnett was freshly casted for the film The Faculty and was liked by Dimension so much that they casted him for H2O as well. He would film both productions simultaneously at the young age of 19. Oh my God, I love that you wrote this in because I saw the same exact thing. problems. Go ahead and mention my problems. Our problems? It's our problems because I have the same (laughs) problem with Josh Hartnett's hair in this movie. He infamously hated his hair in both productions and would forge a war against hair and makeup and purposely try to mess his hair up, wearing beanies, brushing it right before shooting. He was bothered by how, how, quote, perfect teenagers were portrayed and filmed, and he did this in retaliation. So, hold it. Pump the brakes. I can already see how frustrated you are coming from a hair and makeup background. Thank you. Um, I, I, so, so... I can somewhat understand he's still like a little rebellious teen. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You're 19. At the same yeah. time, bitch, you are in a movie set making a f- movie. You see that there are millions of people buzzing around you doing very specific jobs. So if somebody comes over and touches your hair and it's in a certain way, don't touch it. I agree. I've had it.
0: And I've, I'm, so, you know I'm, what I've had? It. It.
2: Please don't. Please don't. It is that.
0: Okay. Two things, I understand where he's coming from and wanting to do this portrayal of like teenagers. But you're in a slasher girl. Do you really think someone like Michael is just gonna raise himself up from the bar from above you and then come down? No, no, you <laughs> sit down. It's beautiful, Josh Hartnett. It's I just don't appreciate that because you're right. Someone did that work, and you're gonna go and mess up that work because you believe something else. That's
2: not your. De- I'm. I don't like saying this, but that's not your department. It's <laughs> not your department. <laughs> And his hair looks awful in both It looks exactly the same. So it 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 is exactly the same. I know, because I didn't realize that both productions were filming simultaneously. So it totally makes sense. Apparently he even like tried to cut his own hair to yes, do it. He, that's why he had that duck butt duck butt thing going on duck. in the back. <laughs> It looked like a duck butt because it kind of like It does looked look up. like a duck butt. It looked like Daisy Duck's butt. <laughs> 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 okay, you're of your gummy bears. So why not?
0: <laughs> Moving on from his hideous hair that I'm probably going to mention like five more times. Adam Handbird, h- hello, come through Jumanji. That's where I know him from. Yes. Thank you. He would remain in the film when he was cast before the story change occurred. His character was originally intended to be the copycat killer in the first draft of the script. They would keep him on, although his character's development would be different and he just becomes like the horny best friend. And that's okay.
2: That's okay. I don't care for... your. Some of these characters, some of them characters, including Charlie and his girlfriend. I don't care for either. I like of his them. girlfriend
0: more. I like, you know what? I'm gonna defend her. I enjoy her, even though I can't remember her name right now. Ah! <laughs> yes,
1: fan.
2: <laughs> One of the more interesting aspects of this film would be the opening monologue from Dr. Loomis, which was taken from Loomis's monologue from the first film production ran into issues when using the original sound edits due to it being cut with effects and music cues to gain a clean audio they would bring in voice actor tom kane to voice the character due to donald pleasant's passing trying to recreate the voice proved to be difficult and to ensure the authenticity was kept production brought in donald pleasant's best friend to make sure they matched pleasance the best they could that's so great isn't that adorable i think
0: That was not necessary. I know it was not necessary. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sure he did a fantastic job. But Tom Kane infamously talks about it. How they just went through take after take after take. To try and just like match Pleasance as close as they
2: could. Mm -hmm. What a way to like honor him though. I think that's beautiful. And he gets his own like in memoriam at the Mm -hmm. ending I believe. believe. Um, It's great. I love the, the touch and I as a fan... I as, fan, <laughs> I, as a fan, really enjoyed that. The most notorious of the
0: film's production history is the messy disaster regarding Michael's mask. There was a major contention between the production companies and the director about how his mask should be portrayed. Michael's mask has been different for almost every single film. One and two share the same mask, but different actors, which changes the shape of Michael's head. In this iteration, however, the original decision would be to use a KB mask that would appear more featureless and blank. This, according to Miner, was to allow the audience to impress their own fears onto Michael. But in traditional Weinstein fashion, this would be changed. The film had been two weeks into production with the first original mask design when Dimension would demand a change. Miner was told while filming a scene with said mask (laughs) in mind. They would refilm that scene with two different versions with the new mask and the KMB mask. This was so minor, can try and fight this, but it would move on anyway because production would hire Stan Winston to redesign a different mask from the other two. Dimension would demand reshoots oh for $1.2 million to shoot close ups, which is why in a lot of the open shots, you see a different mask compared to the close ups as well as the <laughs> multiple cuts in the scenes with multiple different masks. But. Of course, there would be one more mask involved. A cartoon overlay was used in a close-up towards the end of the film, which nobody can explain as to why this decision was made.
2: Cut the cameras, Da-da.
0: Doesn't this just sound like a Weinstein bullshit mess of a production
2: like it always oh, is? I would expect nothing less from the Weinsteins, but buffoonery. The editor on this one is also the editor for a lot of the
0: other films that we've mentioned he Mm -hmm. did scream as well he Mm -hmm. completely stated he's like oh i was ready for this change like in scream we have multiple (laughs) different masks like this is not
2: new from dimension i don't know they're like weinsteins like we've said enemies of the pod enemies of society really (laughs) honestly by this point i feel like we've had so many questionable masks throughout the series (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I it was to be expected, like Halloween six, questionable, yeah. Halloween five, suspicious, <laughs> Halloween four.
0: How would you describe my mask? Suspicious. suspicious.
1: <laughs> so
2: honestly, like it didn't shock me that the, holo- the, the mask for H2O was three different masks, one of which was a four. cartoon over, excuse me, four different masks, one of which was a cartoon overlay that looked horrendous. Honestly, I'm just not surprised.
0: I'm not, su- I'm, I'm honestly not surprised either. It's just...
1: Like, it's not the vibe. Stop!
0: Two weeks into production, four words in that chorus, and you're telling me this now, girl? <laughs> <laughs> like, I it's agree. Like, uh, it's bad. I, d- I don't like this mask. This is not my least favorite, F the masks. But exactly. I don't like this mask because his hair looks like he stuck his hand into an electrical outlet. And it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> But then the like burns are so I
2: no. The edges out. Did you see (laughs) the the edges? edges? (laughs) Did you see the edges? (laughs) Now moving on. Oh, moving on. Our ending was another source of issues for everyone involved. Dimension and Jamie Lee wanted a clear cut ending of Michael dying. While Trankus International intended on being on there being a sequel, multiple different endings were written up, one including a teetering bus with Michael falling into a cavern, another involving a swimming pool and a javelin. But Kevin Williamson, yes, the Kevin Williamson, would speak up with everyone involved and help keeping the ending, but also retain a sequel. For better or for worse, and it was for the worse.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong.
0: <laughs> I f-ing love this ending. This is probably my favorite ending in the Halloween, like the franchise as a whole, just because it is so strong, it is so earned, and it is so in punk rock because she swipes his head and then the movie ends. That mm-hmm. is so that's so dope. that ugh. like chills thinking about it i want to I agree if I, like that is the best way to end a movie
2: he did i, I tell you he did <laughs> i was what 11 years old at the time when this came out ten eleven. 11 so i agree like that's that's the way you kill the boogeyman that's the way you kill the killer in a slasher like he's pinned down like that wait you got an axe in your hand what do you do you swipe and chop that mother effer's
0: head off i like this the other endings are ridiculous with at one point they take a school bus and then they meet into this like cavern and then jamie lee gets taken away by a helicopter like total like arnold schwarzenegger total like total recall style and then the <laughs> other one involved like a swimming pool that opened up and like she was gonna throw a jet ja- they're weak weak no no where was she gonna get a javelin from does it matter I guess not. But I appreciate, thank you, Mr. Williamson. Apparently it's rumored that he was also more involved with like rewrites and being uncredited, but I didn't want to state, yeah, for sure, without the actual support. Right. I don't know if this is a fun fact, but I included it anyway. Jamie Lee Curtis's stunt double, Donna Keegan, was involved in a driving stunt when she would slam on the brakes of a truck. So in the original scene, what they wanted was for her truck, to do a ski and then stop. However, while filming, once rolling, she was unaware of the car's auto lock system. So when Donna slammed on the brakes and the brakes halted, causing her bones to shoot up and dislocate her foot. Oh. There are famous photos of Jamie Lee Curtis holding Donna and trying to make her laugh as they waited for the fire department to come take Donna to relocate her foot.
2: Oh, Jesus.
0: I Well, I'm going to try and link the photos in this week's description because I think they're adorable because even Donna recounts on some of the documentaries of how Jamie was great. She never left me. She also kept telling me, look how hot the firefighters are. So she
1: could
2: distract <laughs> me from the pain. That's adorable. Oh, jeez. I mean, kudos to the stunt people. because Always they... the best credit to our stunt people. Yeah. But whoo, my God. No. Comes no with it comes with a job. Do you want to go to commercial or do you want me to go to commercial? Yeah, speaking of stunt people, let's go to commercial.
1: (laughs) I hate you! We'll be right back after these messages.
2: Welcome back to Hillcrest Academy. (laughs) We open with the Cordettes version of Mr. Sandman. Which is how, uh...
1: <laughs> which is how <laughs> Halloween Two <II> ended, <laughs> thus cementing them. that
2: this is a direct sequel to Halloween Two. We are shown a suburban neighborhood preparing for the season's festivities. We pull our focus to Nurse Marianne. She is returning home from her shift and as she approaches her home she realizes it's been broken into. She heads over to her neighbor's house only to be jump scared by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a rip-off Jason hockey
1: mask.
0: <laughs> the fact that our nurse comes back and we get our full circle moment from all of this, mm-hmm. but also the fact that she comes through still chain smoking like nobody's business. <laughs> like she does not the fact that this cigarette does not leave her hand or her lips for like the next 5 minutes is my favorite thing on the planet.
2: It's still the same cigarette from Halloween 1978.
0: (laughs) She's been burning the same cigarette for 20 years. Yes! This is this opening sequence, and as we venture forward, I think is great. I feel like this is definitely Scream's influence for sure, Mm -hmm. but their version of it is... I I still love this opening. Especially, where are we? Like, what town is this? It's not Haddonfield.
2: Langdon, Illinois.
0: Ramping up for Halloween. And... This is just, it's great. Who doesn't love seeing an old friend, especially when she's not stupid? I love her because she's not a stupid (laughs) character. Yes, she's very much that bitch. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Lovitz ventures into the burglarized home to find nothing but a trashed office and some beers in the kitchen. There are some cheap jump scares here, which leads Joseph Gordon-Lovitz trashing the kitchen only to later blame it on an intruder. He's adorable. You can see that he was going to become a star, but he's hes so cute. To, he's adorable. Was he, in, um, he was already
2: a star. Was he in Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, he was in Third Rock from the Sun. Was that out already? Yeah, bitch, that was when he was young. He did th- that show when he was really little. Remember, he had the long hair. He
0: did, you're totally right. But we do get a sick one of my favorite lines. Is, Don't you know that secondhand smoke kills? Yeah, well, they're all dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes i love nurse marion crane and her name alone is yet a reference to marion crane from psycho it's also meta and i love it meta meta meta
0: <laughs> uh, kevin williamson's here <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: After getting the all clear from a 16 year old, Nurse Marianne stupidly goes back into the home with no electricity. And upon further inspection of her office, she realizes that Laurie Strode's file has been stolen. We get a quick glimpse of Michael in the background as she closes an ominously open door. After she sees a shadow, she makes a beeline straight to the neighbor's house only to realize that they're both dead. They're both
1: dead.
2: Jimmy with, all his name's Jimmy. Jimmy with a nice skate to the face. And the (laughs) other with a chef knife in the back. And he does that very stupid, cheesy, I'm standing here dead. And then when you open the door, I'm falling because I'm dead. Oh
1: my God,
0: I wrote that down in my notes.
2: (laughs) I don't, I, I know that in order to
0: categorize a movie, it needs to have tropes. But I do not understand this trope. I never understand this trope. So Michael's just it's like, thing. yeah. oh my God, she's going to love
2: it. She's going to love it. She's like, <laughs> she's... he was standing there until she He's like, wait, hold on. He's is like, it? holding, it? him, hold him, wait. And then as soon as he heard her footsteps, he like ran. He,
0: got, he has a knife in his mouth. Just, uh, 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 just, just <laughs> stay there. It's one of the more tropes that I don't understand. Whatever. It's fine. This is the slasher. I'll move forward. That what I really appreciate as Marion is that. She jumped out of that car in 1978. She wasn't going to be in that car when Michael tried to take it over. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be stupid here either. She just seems like the type of neighbor that only comes out to smoke. She don't take no shit. She had the night shift. Do not bother me. I've been doing this job for 60 f- years. Mm-hmm. I like all of the choices she made. Yeah, she probably shouldn't have listened to a 16-year-old who like gave her the all clear for her house. However, yeah. she made the smart decision and making a beeline because she did not think twice. She's like, ooh, no, Oop,
2: I'm out. She had that ominously open door. And then when she saw the shadow and she knew that Laurie Strode's file was on, she's like, this ain't no coincidence. I'm out. She tries to make a getaway for the cops who finally arrive, but Michael is able to
0: slit her throat <laughs> before she can get their attention as they enter her home. I'm in here, God damn it! <laughs>
2: So, like this woman, this character is only in our film for what ten minutes at that, that. and we get two memorable lines from her already. She also that's acting, mama. She goes <laughs> <through>. <laughs> <laughs> Not only I, my other favorite
0: line from her. I had to write all these down because she. You're right. She's only with us for ten minutes, but she knows how to grace that goddamn screen. That is an mm-hmm. actress. Uh huh. She stole the screen! She really did. Her fight scene is great for me because she does put up a fight up until the Mm -hmm. very end. And she still tries to get their attention. It's just
2: everyone else around her are idiots. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they were going in to investigate and... You didn't... I have...
0: No, hold on. No, because I'm going to bring this up three more times. I have a problem with these characters not understanding distance and how sound works. Because Jamie Lee does this later on when she confronts her son, and I'ma bring it up. But these cops couldn't hear the the glass when they went inside
2: the home. They were like two feet away. This is true. I have problems. Yeah, you do have problems. Shade. Moving on, as the cops investigate their daily double, Michael makes a silent getaway in someone's car. We get a quick rundown on what the late Dr. Loomis and now late nurse Marion have been up to since Halloween too one of the detectives calls haddonfield pd as a precaution as we exit the office the other detective turns around and says michael myers the thunder claps, and we slowly build to our infamous score we pan over shots of the office which is a shrine to michael myers and dr loomis and our opening credits roll as we hear sound bites of dr loomis describing myers and his crimes why did she have a shrine I'm assuming and this was upstairs.
0: I took I took I'm a reporter. I took notes. This isn't the office that he ransacked. This is something different. If Michael just went to this other room, you probably could have found <laughs> you probably could have found it immediately where she was. Uh I, I don't understand why this like Unabomber like style of like shrine to Myers is up, but it plays to its benefit because it quickly
2: catches you up on what you missed out if you don't know what's going on. Exactly. Uh, I took it as like maybe she took care of Loomis in his old age and he was obviously still a Myers fanatic and obsessed with him and catching him and learning and studying about him. Um, so I just that's what I interpreted it as is maybe she took care of Loomis in his old age, and this was maybe his room, and this is his space and him still working, and she kept it kind of as like a shrine to Loomis, I guess, or out of respect for Loomis. I don't know. It's kind a of hard of to explain, but it's you're just, giving the script, honey. I love this movie, but it's also like you said, a good like way to break down the first mm-hmm. two movies for those who haven't seen it.
0: It's great. And I, anytime we get to hear donald pleasance but not donald pleasance <laughs> monologue from the first movie because i love this monologue so and clearly so does everybody else because they used it again in 2018's halloween it's infamous it's perfect it's infamous and it's perfect it has the devil's eyes the the what what does he say
2: the, the blackest eyes the devil's eyes
0: it's so good and it's simply evil
2: <laughs> so, it's good. so good
0: good and this score of this different orchestration still <gasps> makes me so happy. It is
2: beautiful. It's the strings, it's mm-hmm. it's the orchestra, it's the drama for me, I love it. <laughs> it is the drama. We then open in
0: a dream sequence of Miss Carrie Tate, headmistress. We scan our office and we see the closet from Halloween 1978. We suddenly see flashes of Lori being attacked by Michael in the closet and suddenly we are awoken. It was all a nightmare. And she gives a fantastic scream, like right out the gate. She reminds you, I am, I am the, excuse me, excuse me. I am the, I am the scream queen.
2: Wow! Rightfully so. Stole that crone, that crone, <laughs> stole that crown from her Crohn's mother. disease. Ah! <laughs> but it was great. I love this little kind of dream sequence because obviously it, it fills you in that this is still very much traumatic for her. She still hasn't gotten over it. Mm-hmm. We are at Hillcrest Academy, a private education institution. It is
0: October 31st, 1998, 20 years since the first movie. John, Carrie's son, have a back and forth first thing in the morning about him wanting to take a class trip to Yosemite, but Carrie can't get over her trauma and won't allow it. Today's the day. Today's the day that you're going to realize that your paranoia and trauma is inhibiting my growth. Oh, wow. He heads off to class and we meet his friends and girlfriend, Michelle Williams, or A.K. Molly, <laughs> and they quietly reference Psycho. I really think that this this movie is very excellent at pacing. We mentioned it's one hour and 26 minute timeline, but this movie quickly goes into its dynamics without even like taking a breath or a moment. Cause we have a lot of ground to cover. The relationship between Carrie, aka Lori, and her son, John, are probably my favorite stuff in this movie. Their relationship mm-hmm. is really, there's a really like tense moment where... They're talking about her divorce and where she's at in his life, and she mentioned I know. Your dad is a chain-smoking methadone addict, and who would attract someone like that?
2: Ouch! Ah! Like the ah! shade. Oh my god.
0: The drama of it all. It's just. It's all. It's a. It's. They a go lot. for the
2: jugular, bitch. They every do. time, and this is first thing. They were having breakfast,
1: <laughs> and Can this I have is my the coffee
2: first? <laughs> this was the cut. This they. They got up and they chose anger that day. They chose to fight.
1: <laughs> Kick her in the
2: fight. No
0: kidding. It's intense, but I really think that Josh Hartnett, even at 19, really holds mm-hmm. his own up against Jamie Lee Curtis, who is a fantastic mm-hmm. actress. And it's, I think this is so good. I think it's so good. I love movies, and we've mentioned this before, that just drop me in the middle of what's going on. I don't want a long drawn out 15-minute mm-hmm. about like what's going on in your life. Give me quick edits. Let me know what's going on and
2: give me the drama because this is great. This is great. I agree. It's, it just, it gives you a very quick, like, this is their dynamic. And then John quickly just like reads her down and and blatantly tells her the truth that your drama is inhibiting my growth. And whoo, if that ain't the thesis, I don't know what is. So I want to talk about it
0: because I know- I talked about this in our last episode before the Talking Queers. Uh-huh. It's really interesting to see two different types of reboots, two different t- types of timelines, but this is where things get really similar for me and I don't blame it because it's such an interesting dynamic. But mm-hmm. I love, love movies that play with intergenerational trauma and its effects on people. And horror is such a good
2: way to do that because bitch it is horror it is <laughs> trauma <laughs> is horror and amen and passing that to other generations is the ultimate horror bitch and it,
0: it's so interesting to see two very different types of relationships of family trauma and these two very different types of halloween movies mm-hmm. because in this one i desperately feel for both of them in the 2000 iteration i feel for lori but she goes to an end extreme while this Laurie is just like secretly trying to cope and not coping well, but it's really interesting to see her relationship with her son compared to her relationship between her daughter and her granddaughter in the new one. Cause mm-hmm. those are vastly different forms of trauma oh, reactions, yeah. of mm-hmm. trauma mm-hmm. reactions.
2: I kind of have to disagree. I love both iterations of I do. The trauma. Yeah. Um, I love this iteration where Lori doesn't know how to cope and she becomes an alcoholic and she ends up passing on her trauma to to her son, John. Um, But I also love the 2018 and the now Halloween kills. Kills. Uh, The now Halloween kills, like where we're just continuing this trauma. But in this new iteration, I I know that like, you're not a fan that they took it to the umpteenth degree where she's like a recluse and she's got, she's a shut-in essentially Mm -hmm. and she's got like a whatever. She takes it to the, the most degree, but I kind of like that. I feel like if we were going to continue this story, you needed to take it to the full extent. You needed to go balls to the wall. Otherwise, you, you weren't going to have the fans on board.
0: I actually agree because I don't think the extremist view is bad because I really enjoy that's effects because it makes her reactions quite honestly valid in this one she's just far more over she is overbearing in 2018 Mm -hmm. but in this one like no she no shade i guess it is whatever this is far more like white woman overbearing (laughs) while the other one is like i'm gonna take my family into the woods and we're gonna be secluded forever but does that make sense Yeah. yeah no it makes total sense in this iteration with her alcoholism and her her drug use and her her quiet like isolated trauma that she passes on to her son is very different from the extremist Lori that is very evident of her trauma, that is very evident in her decisions. And this one, mm-hmm. it takes her a minute to rise up to that.
2: This is true. You make a very good point. I agree 100%. I love both. I don't want to make that mixed up because Lori's, Lori's story is No, so you said you made it 2018. No, I did You said what you said. It's on the pod. Everybody heard. Everybody come for her. How do we like this cast of new fresh teens? I like it. I like I like John and I like Molly. Like I stated before, I'm not the biggest fan of The Friends. I understand that like they're needed this is like the small this is like they're fresh like this is like their injection of freshness into the story or into to the series um their and bodies. this is obviously a lot where i feel like kevin williamson's and um like kind of decision making kind of came because he yeah. was an executive producer so i'm sure he he gunned for a younger cast to not only appeal to a younger audience but to bring some freshness into the franchise and i love john and molly's characters um the other friends they're there. I like Sarah. I really like
0: Sarah. I love the freaking long-winded joke of like, how would I describe it? It's horrendous. No. It's more than horrendous. <laughs> it's detrimental. I'm like, i like, she's that dramatic friend, and I really like Sarah. Charlie, to me, is literally any other boyfriend that's gonna die in any other horror movie, and mm-hmm. like, that's fine. We need a body, but Sarah, to me, is far more interesting, and she gets the worst death, and I... I'm so excited to talk about it. That is something she did bring to the table, was her death. (laughs) She, she,
2: oh, she, oh, she brought it. Oh, she brought it. I'm really into your death. (laughs) Lori has a moment in the window where she thinks she sees Michael behind her. It's corny. We don't need to really investigate. I don't don't mind it. Only because like this device is used like two other times and I wish it was Mm -hmm. pushed more. This is fine.
0: It's fine. Mm,
2: We cut to a remote rest stop where a mother and daughter have pulled in a scary looking car that looks like the one from Jeepers Creepers. It does look like the (laughs) one from Jeepers Creepers. It's such an odd choice that that they have this car. For me, it's totally out of place. But whatever, it was a choice. Of course, the women's restroom is locked, so they use the men's after checking for anyone inside. They sit in separate stalls side by side, and the door suddenly shuts by itself. But really, (gasps) Michael has made his way in. The woman stupidly puts her purse on the floor in easy reach of Michael who straight up snatches that shit off the ground and the woman watches through the crack of the stall in horror as Michael ransacks her purse for her car keys. We get a jump scare from her daughter and some spiders and Michael spiders makes Spiders in a, my hair. <laughs> and Michael makes a kill free getaway which rarely happens so y'all should be you've been touched by an angel girl.
0: <laughs> I just don't understand these women's reactions. Two of her reactions just don't make sense to me. And that could either be the director or that could be the script. When Michael snatches the bag, she does not react, period. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I don't know if it's just because I'm from the valley and all that. I would have been immediately yelling, screaming, who the f- took my bag. And then, like, she immediately resorts to fear. She doesn't react any other way. She's immediately scared, but she doesn't uh-huh. even see Michael. I don't understand it.
2: I, I think it's that like fight or flight response, except she just froze and stayed there. <laughs> it's true. But
0: this scene, honestly, you can cut this scene out and just have Michael in that same car the whole way. And it doesn't change.
2: Yeah, we didn't need this. I guess no. they want they wanted to like make it seem like he had a longer trek than he did or whatever. But we didn't need the scene. You know, I agree. You could have cut it. I, that's my. I
0: think this is my only problem scene for me because it just, it doesn't. This movie's already fast and snappy. Oh, no. It doesn't really I do much. I have another name.
1: problem scene, and it's Ooh! not
2: with the scene, it's with the script.
1: Okay. We'll okay.
0: get to it. I'm scared. <laughs> we are now back at Hillcrest, where Carrie Teat is lecturing the students on code of contact while at Yosemite. Meanwhile, the kids make plans of their own to stay back at the academy and play hooky. Self music, candlelight, animal sex. I could not believe Charlie humping anything like i just... <laughs> i don't want to imagine charlie
1: humpy anything but
0: i just find it so odd that they gave like no shade to this actor cuz i'm a skinny lanky guy too i understand but like him being like yeah we're going to have an orgy we're going to we're going to have animal
2: sex and i'm just like with who who's having sex with you with who are they real <laughs> i i'll t- see a blow up doll all tea all shade i don't know it's there they play hooky they don't want to go to yosemite and we also kind of well that was my fault we had skipped over the part where um molly can't go because she's poor
1: <laughs> oh no she's
2: not poor she's a deadbeat dad who won't
1: uh
0: neither of them are good options neither <laughs> of them were good none of that was good and we did skip over where because right now in the story, John can't go because uh Lori said no. <laughs> Not, on Not on my watch. Essentially. Not on my watch. And then Molly girlfriend cannot go because her quote deadbeat dad can't <laughs> go. And Sarah just decides to play hooky and Charlie just wants to, to go to, to Poundtown. And that's you're caught up. That's what you missed on. Glee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you. <Hey, true. laughs>
0: this setting it was brought up to me when I was doing my research. This is the only other movie besides three that's taken place outside of Haddonfield. How do you feel about this new setting for a Halloween movie because all the other ones do take place in Haddonfield? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I never really thought about it. I think it's really neat. I love anytime there's a boarding school aesthetic because boarding schools are a elitist and then also have usually really nice imagery like i love urban legend setting i know it's not a boarding school it's a university Mm -hmm. but i immediately think of it because i believe is this a catholic school because i saw some like
2: i'm sure it is usually anything that nice you're usually funneling money from some sort of church i mean so i love (laughs) the setting of it all and i think it
0: really does add a nice sense of like freshness to the landscape
2: that you already know from halloween this is true you bring up a great point and i feel like if you're gonna c- try and come back with a bang 20 years later you should change the scenery yes a bit, you yeah. should still reference and like they started the story in technically not Haddonfield but illinois close by so they, they they still make reference but i think the change of scenery was a nice breath of fresh air i think so too it's so interesting brought it up like in the million times i've seen this movie i've never considered like this doesn't take place in Hattonfield. I really like the California setting. I think the California
0: setting is just neat. You can totally tell this was filmed all over LA, all over like Universal Studios lot. Like I can, I see you, I see, I seen tit. This was not filmed at Universal. According to our actor who played Charlie, it was filmed at the Universal lot, especially the scenes within the kitchen. Really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. I couldn't find confirmation,
2: but that's what he stated. All right. You'll stop traffic. <laughs> Headmistress Tate makes her way back to the office where she has a playful banter with Mr. Bennett, the daddy of the movie, oh. and apparently he's shagging Miss Tate. We also get her cameo from Janet Lee, Jamie's mom, star of Psycho, as Norma, Miss Tate's assistant. I like the relationship. I love Mr. Bennett. Mr. Bennett's so
0: hot. He's mm-hmm. a total cutie. He seems pretty good for her. I'm going to question their foreplay later. But... Like, <laughs> What I'm here for, when do I see J- Janet Lee? Tell me when I see Janet <laughs> Lee because when she comes in, I love her. She's just like the needy, wants to impress assistant manager. What's her
2: uh, assistant? She's so freaking cute. She's so cute. I love how she's like chasing after her with a little clipboard. And she's like, of course, the women's are, or the girls' drains are clogged again. But we're calling a plumber and beyond will be on it. And she's just like trying to catch up on the day. And, and Miss Tate just can't be bothered. She's trying to hurry up and get to her office. So her and her man, Mr. Bennett, can get it on. Girl, the minute that door closes, they're already trying to make out. I get it,
0: girl. He's very attractive. But my favorite part is when he leaves and he opens the door.
2: And Janet Lee's just standing there like,
1: hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I know what y'all did in there. Coming out here looking like all painted up like trash. Oh my God. We meet our comedic relief, Ronnie.
0: He is the only security guard, apparently, and is only stationed at the front gate. We get a jump scare from the boys who want to sneak out into town to get a gift for Molly. We also get introduced to his girlfriend, Shirley. He is wanting to be a writer and erotic thriller. I. Smut. (laughs) Sm- <laughs> I love anytime he's on the
2: phone with her. Melon? What kind of melon? The- <laughs> Round melon? What? <laughs> I I love the little banter they have. And like I said, he is the comedic relief. Although it is stupid that this entire huge adjective campus the scene. I, I don't believe for one second that this huge private school has one security guard who's only stationed at the front gate. It was the 90s. Downside. It's the nine. (laughs) They couldn't (laughs) afford it. I don't
0: believe it, but whatever. The jump scares in this one are kind of cheap to me, just in terms of like they're not set up. Not they're
2: absolutely cheap. They are a hundred thousand percent cheap. Because he's on the phone with her, and we get the fuck me shit. Hold on, baby. Uh You
0: scared the shit out of me. It's Uh just like.
2: Go LL. Go LL. This explains why, why it got me when I was 11 years old. Of course it got me. It got me now when I'm 33 years old. Stupid cheap jump scares. I just don't like how John is so willing to mess with this guy's job. He already told you. Your mom
0: already warned me that I can't let you out. And he's like, why are you going to put this guy's job on the line for two
2: minutes of dry humping? If he's stupid enough to put his job on the line, then why not? True. You make a very valid point.
0: Uh, Carrie heads out for her slutty lunch with Mr. Bennett, where Ow. she has two glasses of wine to cope. When leaving, she catches John and his friend and chews him out for having an off-campus lunch. Okay. This is also where we start getting some unraveling of her trauma. This is why she starts drinking. (laughs) I think, hold on, because there was a line that I had to do where she's talking about John. She's like, he's tired of my bullshit. Are you tired of my bullshit? I'm a counselor. I'm attracted to it. So counsel me. No, no, man. No, man. That is no. No, I'm I'm a, I'm with a counselor, and this line was, first of, I felt offended. <laughs> I, I was offended. Second, no. <laughs> oh, she felt some type of way. But I love when she gets her second glass. Can I get another glass of Chardonnay?
2: And then the waiter recognizes that she's already got one. Today? A full glass still. She had a full glass of Chardonnay, which is why you gave her that look. And then she's, today.
0: And then she pounds that sucker down. F*** it up sis and then as soon as he puts on the other glass she takes a sip of that she's having a hard day it's the it's the anniversary of something very traumatic and we're going to talk the about 90s this.
2: <laughs> Everybody drink lunch.
0: mr bennett's doing a line in the bathroom what are you talking
2: about <laughs> shut up <laughs> but
0: this like we're like i said i'm gonna compare the two because it's going to be really difficult not to between 2018 and then 1998 because her PTSD is played so differently here. We do mm-hmm. get her alcoholism in 2018, when she's drinking in the car, and then when mm-hmm. she chugs up full wine with her family. This one is far more secretive. Like, this one, she's yeah. desperately trying to hide her trauma. In 2018, she can't hide it. So, this one is so it's interesting. it's been double the time. It's 40 years since it's <laughs> funny. I mean, so it's so fascinating to see the destructive strong aspect of 2018 to this like subtle self-destructive form of trauma that's happening to Lori in this one do you have a preference to either one as horrible as that sounds what trauma do you prefer uh i don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody who's experts on trauma it's the carpet of queens <laughs> i guess i prefer The 2018, um, only because instead of, well, not instead of, but in addition to passing on her trauma to her kids, she also set her daughter up to be a survivalist and had a plan. And in the 2018 version, yes, well, Lori may have taken it to the extreme and and she was a recluse and, and had whatever. She had a plan still. And even though everybody thought she was a psycho, that plan came in clutch when michael finally showed his ass this 2018
0: one kind of feels like someone who's still reeling from the trauma and doesn't know how to move forward and is forced to deal with it well the Mm -hmm. 2018 version feels like someone who understands that trauma and no longer wants it to happen and is desperately fearful of it to the point where she's ready and it's It's really interesting, especially in the two time periods of like 1998 and saying that's how our victims are portrayed. Welcome back to 2018, where our victims are portrayed like, no, I deal with trauma every single day. This is the late 2000s. (laughs) This is a new decade, bitch. New decade, new rules. (laughs) But we get, with our interaction with John and when she catches him, she rightfully freaks out because she's a hovering parent, but Mm -hmm. it's- And drunk. And dro- oh, she is two sheets to the wind. <laughs> she catches them and she's like, you know what, Charlie, go go wait by the car. What the f- do you think you're doing?
2: <laughs> you knew it was coming when she was like, oh, here, honey, here, Charlie, here's the keys. Go get in the car. She waits two beats, two beats. Not even two beats. This is what I mean by the characters in this movie do
0: not understand sound and distance. Charlie is right there. <laughs> He's within <Right>
2: earshot. <laughs> And she goes off, sis, off. What the
0: do you think (laughs) you're doing? I don't like you using that word, mom. Oh, don't put me in the position to just use it, John. (laughs) Do you know what day it is of all days to pull this shit? Yeah, mom,
1: I know what day it is, okay?
2: Oh, this scene, as funny as it is, it's also very heart-wrenching because then, John gives it right back to her and put and it really like it it checks her because she, she she then has like he he storms away and goes and gets in the car it's the line mom I'm not
0: responsible Woo! for you That's it, Mom, he's dead Myers is dead it is it is I have to give credit these two are going at it and it feels real. It feels real, thank you. It feels real and it's the parts of this movie that I really enjoy because it's so grounded and it gives you the justification of Michael Myers later and forcing you to feel with all that trauma. This is great. This is mm-hmm. great. The acting, the responses, the lines,
2: but I can never get over. What the f- <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Because she she goes off and like I said, she was drunk. Homegirl she had thrown back a few. <laughs> so she popped off, but John, John had the last word in the end. She did ha- he did have the last word in the end. But what still kills me is that she still drove. <laughs> 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 Miners, she drove kids in the car back to school drunk. She works at. <laughs> <I> love- <laughs> she still went back to work and lectured kids after two glasses of wine. That is what you call a functioning alcoholic, mama. Oh my god. It is. <laughs>
0: it's it's too much it's these parts of the movie are what really hold it for me because there's parts of this movie that are super cheesy and just like it's 90s it's the 90s this is fan this is great
2: i don't i this is where i forgive its faults they finally head back to campus after passing the car that michael stole earlier it follows them back to the academy and carrie chews out ronnie for not being at the gate and we get yet another psycho reference when ronnie calls her a psycho we cut to Molly finishing up her day job as a dishwasher. She's surprised with roses and a hand-drawn map to a surprise via a dumb waiter. She follows the map and finds a cozy little set, set up in a dark dank basement. How romantic.
0: I would have dropped my panties right then and there. This is like such a 90 I keep saying that. This is such like a 90s <laughs> like idea of romanticism. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. It was the candles. there's candles everywhere.
1: You're a Uh, sucker for candles. Yeah,
0: I am a sucker. (laughs) Like a sexy, like a sexy Glade candle. Like like a
2: sexy Glade candle, yeah.
0: (laughs) What Would you not have... It's Josh Hartnett. Are you saying that if Josh Hartnett sent you flowers and the map to go make out, you wouldn't have been like, yeah,
2: immediately. Send me your location. At that time, 100% down. Panties off. I would have came with no panties. (laughs) 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 We get this, like... So she gets to the the area and then John scares her or surprises her from the shadows, whatever. And they're talking about uh, Halloween and how he's never celebrated Halloween. And she goes, well, why, how come you've never celebrated Halloween? And he gives us this line of, oh, we got a psychotic killer in the family who loves to butcher people on Halloween. And I thought it in bad taste to celebrate. Uh. (laughs) And he
0: just drops it like nothing. And Molly's just like, okay, let's make out. Because this happens. Right. I
2: mean, I would have done the same. I would have been, after you said that, I would have been like, I'm not wearing panties. <laughs> no bra, no panties, no, panties. no, no bra, no, bra, no, no panties. panties. <laughs> no bra,
0: no
1: panties.
0: I don't mind this, se- this sequence. It's just, this family is so quick to be like, okay, yeah, I just had like a public outburst of showing our trauma. I'm going to go make out with someone now. I relate. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Relatable. Uh, This is the relatable content that our listeners wanted. (laughs) We cut to Carrie Tate lecturing the class on Frankenstein. And we get an image to the classic shot from 1978 where Laurie sees Michael from class. Molly sees Michael through some wooden doors. After class, Carrie gives her blessing to John to go to Yosemite. The buses are quickly loaded up and all of the students and apparently staff are gone for the weekend. Perfect. Perfect setup. Always a perfect setup. Why? What short staff do you have that the headmistress has to also teach English?
2: I'm confused.
0: I'm confused by it. I don't like it's fine, but it's not fine. It's not fine.
2: It's kind of like that double-edged sword that only happens in public schools where the football coach is also your health (laughs) teacher and your English teacher also plays also teaches the trumpet. Drama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, the English teacher always teaches drama. Don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) That was shade. It is shade, but I love all my English teachers. Doesn't every queer... I mean, yeah, we have to. T- we have to give a nod. We have to. That shot is iconic. We do it in two thousand eighteen. We do it any single time we can. It's fine. I don't mind. I am just setting up our night. But I feel like this is where the movie finally starts really like revving its engines. Mm-hmm. But it's not a detriment in that way because us getting there was fantastic you gave us our setups you gave us our family dynamics and you gave us a really great opening so i'm ready for this because like i said this movie moves fast i think this is at
2: the 45 minute mark yeah because then like the last act happens very quickly Mm -hmm. and now we can finally move to my favorite moment in this film but yet my favorite scene, when Norma accidentally scares Carrie. She delivers Sheriff Brackett's line from 1978 so beautifully. She gives Carrie some advice before driving away in the very same car she drove in Psycho. In the background, the score of Psycho is faintly heard. It's... St- and this is her last appearance in film, is it not? I would assume so. I believe
0: so. I know that she took like a 17, 18 year break from acting and then she reappeared in this film. It's... Beautiful. It's just like the most beautiful little love note you could possibly
2: mm-hmm. give to Janet Lee, to Janet Lee, to Jamie Lee, to Psycho, to Halloween. Like it's it's just for me. It's like uh, not only is it a nugget and like a little love note for the fans, but it's also like a love note for the 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 crew and for everybody who worked on these films. And it's a beautiful showcasing
0: of their relationship. I think it's so beautiful to see that, especially since she gives her, not to give you some motherly advice,
1: is (laughs) the cutest
0: line. And also her delivering the, oh, I didn't mean to scare you. It is Halloween. We're all entitled to one good scare. I love her tone of voice. Mm -hmm. I I miss her, to be quite honest. I think this was a fantastic way to send off her character in the movie because her character is adorable.
2: I love anytime she's on the screen. I agree. And like I said in that she just even though it's just like two lines her that's how you know she's an actress, mama. Those two lines were delivered like only she could deliver, I feel like.
0: It's absolutely true. Did you know they originally had reached out to PJ Souls to fill in this assistant role, but she oh. never got back to them in time because she was worried that it wasn't going to do well. So <gasps> because she never got back to them, they brought in Janet Lee. And I as much as I would have loved to see totally back on my screen. <laughs> like, this was this was well-deserved. I agree. That would have been so dope. I did not know that. We cut to Ronnie reading his handwritten smut to his wife over the phone, but Michael abandons his car at the gate as a distraction so we can easily walk right in. Michael quickly disconnects the phone lines and we are about to get the show going. It's showtime! I t- Before we move on, I love her support for her man's writing and her involvement in his story. Because before she goes away, she's like, "No, no, no, no! I want to know what happens. Does she fall for his shit? <laughs> that
2: is and his then, support." She goes, "I want to know. Does she fall for the line?" And he goes, "Yeah, same way you did. Hold on." <laughs> and he puts the phone down. <laughs> I agree. She is. he is always up.
0: on the phone when he's at work? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, he does, he doesn't work.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just a you know, it's a day job.
0: I understand. This is my this is my real job. (laughs) I love the support that everybody get yourself a bay like that. Like your your significant other should always support you like that. They should be your biggest fan. It's so cute. I love it. I think it's the cutest thing. Carrie then makes her way home from her office when she hears a noise and suddenly she sees Michael heading towards her only to realize (gasps) it's her boo Mr. Bennett. This ow. is what I mean this I but this this is what I mean by I wish the hallucinations were played a little bit more because we get it two other times in the beginning mm-hmm. when she sees a reflection and then like something else I wish we had more to make this a little more reasonable plausible does that make sense
2: Yeah I just I don't like it I, <laughs> I to me it reads as like corny cheesy like I it understand is. they're trying to depict her trauma and that she's still very much fearful and she hasn't gotten over this. But to me, it just comes across as corny. Like it doesn't, for me, it doesn't heighten it. It's just her f- having visions in her head. It's on your head, girl. It's on your head. I can understand. Like I can
0: fully see where that, like that aspect's coming from. But I mean, it's a jump scare. What else do you want? Yeah, it's yet another cheap jump scare. Mr. Bennett goes to check on the girls who are getting ready while watching What House scream too. They have a weird banter that ends with him talking about getting his nipples pierced and they quickly run off to meet the boys at their rendezvous point. Hold the phone, hold the meta, meta, meta phone. So. Scream 2 if they're watching Scream 2 that means Scream 1 existed so Scream 1 existed that means Halloween exists in Scream 1 so does that mean that the events in Halloween were real and then they made a made from TV movie like they did with Stab in order for that to happen so if that's so does that mean that Laurie Strode exists and so does Jiminy
2: Curtis in this timeline yes wow is exactly what that means it's, this is where we're gonna get super nerdy and super meta I agree a thousand percent I know where you're going with this I see your point it's a mess This is something they clearly glazed over, and quite honestly, I they were just like either a they were like only super geek fan nerds are gonna notice this, or two they just didn't care. Both, both is good. Yeah.
0: So (laughs) I, I agree, it's fine. It is also a very, very weird banter for all of it happening because the girls even mentioned like oh yeah we're gonna go get some Ruthies
2: and have a whole date rape evening. Would you like to join us? This, this, this is what I was talking about. This is the problem I have the script, this part right here, because she totally mentions this line totally nonchalantly and like tries to deliver it as a joke. And I understand this is the 90s and this is before PC, yada, yada, yada. No, this was a a line I had. It was a misfire yeah yeah completely. it was a total like, misfire on it and then his response of ah sorry i'm having
0: my nipples pierced later it's just it's like weird it is weird also coming from like your counselor and like an older adult who's a facility like, facilitator like you shouldn't an adult male to a teenage minor you don't get to joke like that you know like that like it's just whatever like it's like it's the 90s bill <laughs> <laughs> when do you stop saying that we
2: say that this whole episode it's the 90s <laughs> it's forgiven it's the 90s it's weird i'm gonna move on because i hate that part carrie self-medicated with her meds and a vodka chaser (laughs) oh my god Mr (laughs) mr brennan comes over with the pumpkin and they finally make out on the couch carrie reveals to him that he's that she's been living under an alias and reveals her trauma to him to which he replies that sucky She realizes that John is the same age she was when she was attacked and then finds out that he never left for Yosemite. Okay, I'm gonna have
0: to state these lines because it is the the, it's just the oddest choice to have her reveal her trauma when they're making out because I guess I kind of understand Bennett's like confusion in the beginning because they're making out and I think he perceives it as foreplay she's like I changed my name when I went into hiding. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's like, like the witness protection program. What did you do right off the mob? My brother killed my sister
1: when she was <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My brother killed my sister when she was 17. Well, that's sucky. How did he do that? With a really large kitchen knife. This is just like, because then he asked her, well, that's terrible. Take off your clothes. It's, what? What it's such a misfire from
2: this 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 script it is, but why would you have her reveal her trauma during a makeout session after self medicating and it's a lot it's a lot and now I see your point on because at first I just thought like that was a really shitty response to somebody opening their trauma to you and you just saying that's sucking but now that you mention it from his point of view it was like oh I guess like it would take me a while to realize that you were being serious too because they are making out. They are making up, but I had to explain that to you in a movie
0: that you've seen countless times. <laughs> that you still thought it was like it's—it's it's just a weird direction. It's a weird moment in the script. It's just the way it unfolds is odd. Like, like I said, this movie has a lot of trips. There's a lot of trips in this movie. Yeah, this is one of them, and. Uh, I wish her reveal of her trauma was a little bit better because then he realizes, he's like, oh, this isn't foreplay. Like, (laughs) my bad, let me put my my dick down. And it's just like, "Mm." And then is Michael really that vindictive? He's like, my nephew's turning 17 this year. I
2: need to come back for the (laughs) sequel. yeah he is yeah uh, hello we are now well 40 years later and he's still doing this shit so yeah michael (laughs) michael's pet tea
0: (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile the kids have a very dangerous lit uh, candle lit dinner of school lunch leftovers when charlie goes to look for a bottle opener for some wine he's easily killed off screen by Myers. sarah then discovers his body and tries to make a getaway Michael manages to get a quick stab into her leg as she makes her way into a dumbwaiter. After she struggles to get out, Michael cuts the cord to the elevator and it smashes down on her legs. This alerts John and Molly, but unfortunately, Michael finishes off Sarah with quick stab, stab, stab. <laughs> Th- this unfolds very quickly. We start, like, everything starts happening. so <laughs> Yeah, <And> like <laughs> I said, like, once
2: we well, get to the third act, it just starts going.
0: Because is taken off screen, and I really wanted him to get his arm all mangled in, like, the garbage disposal. And we oh, yeah. get in that tease, and it didn't happen. But Sarah's death is so brutal. It is brutal. This poor girl, besides the fact that she has to hide in the dumbwaiter with her dead boyfriend's oh, body. you know. She, Michael manages to stab her in the thigh, and as she makes her way out, the dumbwaiter... Ugh, It practically cracks it in half. She gets her foot stuck between the doorway and the elevator smashing down and she has to crawl the remaining way. It is such a like flinch moment for me. But Michael just doesn't even let that let up because he then goes, oh, you thought it was over? Girl, I see you making odds to Yosemite. I love Yosemite. And then he just starts (laughs) stabbing away at her. I feel so bad for Sarah.
2: She gets the most brutal death in the entire Absolutely. movie, and she also gets the most awesome reveal, though. So there's that. Silver she does. Is- she does. John and Molly finally make their way over there after making out on the couch. They discover their friends' dead bodies and make a run for it after meeting Michael face to face. Michael catches up to them and manages to stab John in the leg. Molly hits him over the head with the rock and they run back to her dorm where she drops the keys and they have yet another face off with Michael. Carrie comes to save the day and opens the door from inside. She tries to flush Michael her cueta, but it's too late. He's <laughs> <It's> gone. <laughs> Not
0: the cueta, you're such a dork. So Sarah's reveal is so brutal. Why did Michael put this? Michael is so theatrical. He is so theatrical. He's like, hmm, you know you know what the girls will just love? The girls will love it. A, a reveal. reveal. He puts Sarah somehow attached to a light fixture. And I yeah. thought the power was out. So when they flick the light, her body electrifies and she's revealed hanging bloodied. And it's just... Yeah, the
2: power was out. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was it's it's just gnarly michael just had it out for sarah maybe it was the 90s butterfly clip Shame. maybe it was her stringy hair but michael said not today not today Sarah." oh my
2: god you just <laughs> read her down and she's like your favorite character i didn't say she was my favorite character she's yeah good. you did jackie <laughs> no, like- yeah
0: you did because michael just does not like sarah but it is a cheap jump scare, but I don't mind the jump scare. I just don't get where he comes from when he pops out of nowhere when they're running out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. But Molly is a f***ing real one. I yeah. love Molly. She's like, that's my man. And she immediately grabs that rock and
2: knocks Michael over the head. She moves quick. That is a finer girl. She moves quick. She uses her uh, tools at hand. And then I love, so like she hits him over the, rock, over the head with the rock and then make a getaway and Michael does this like head whip where it's like, And, like, looks at them and then goes running back for them. Like, how dare you? Uh,
0: You did what? But we get probably my favorite set piece in the movie is this, like, gate terrifying moment of them being trapped between the door and their gate. And Michael just Mm -hmm. swiping away at them. It's, I think it's genuinely scary. And it's the number one scene that I think of because then it leads to the best shot. In the whole movie of Michael and Lori meeting face to face finally. And this is when the movie's like, this is what this is our final act. And I hope you're ready. Because that scene, the music cue, the shot, her reaction are perfect to me.
2: It was shown in like every trailer. Oh, yeah. That was like the highlight of the trailer. And I have to agree, it's a great shot. The only thing that ruins it is that horrible mask. But yeah. it is a great shot.
0: She hides the kids in the closet, and Bennett asks, What do we do? Stay alive. chills. They see a shadowy figure approaching and Bennett quickly grabs her gun and shoots and presumably kills him, only to discover it's Ronnie. Just then, Michael comes out and kills Bennett and Lori flees. If you can't even aim, don't bother to pick up the gun because he wastes every gun in that chamber. He accidentally shoots Rodney bullets, every bullet in that chamber. He accidentally shoots Rodney. You deserve to die. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. He did, he had it coming. You had it coming.
1: You had had it coming.
2: coming. He He only had had himself himself to blame.
0: blame. I I don't like that Bennett, it wasn't smart. girl, Lori, if he didn't survive, he wasn't for you. Bye. I
1: feel very attacked. Relax.
2: He could never against Michael. Clearly. Next. (laughs) Lori, aka Carrie, whatever you want to call her, leads Michael to a closet. When he starts to break in the door, she hits him over the head with the fire extinguisher. While he's down, she runs to get the kids and they make a getaway to their car. She puts them in and tells them to drive down to the Beckers. Lori stays behind to face Michael. She punches out the keypad on the gate. And the tables have officially turned. I don't like that we no longer get
0: John and Molly's characters. This We're done with them. We're done with all the other characters. But I freaking love that it is, that this is it. This is our finale. It is Laurie facing her monster. It is great. I didn't know that the Beckers was an odd to Casey Becker
2: in Scream. This is too mm-hmm. meta. This is too meta. Like Scream, who referenced Halloween in that opening scene. Now Halloween is referencing Scream.
1: <laughs> it's Which so meta. Scream
2: too. It's too much. It's too it's much. So I love it.
1: Um, she also
0: gives I, us
2: another do as I say now. That's where that is. And then this is my favorite part of the movie when she smashes out that keypad and she's got the axe and she just starts to wander around campus screaming for Michael. Michael! It's iconic, and that is also from the trailer, and I just remember getting chills when she's when she's just just like this is where she takes charge. She's in charge now. I, I am, am running things now. now.
0: <laughs> I love it's, it. Anytime Jamie Lee Curtis is yelling, I am here for it. Hello, Halloween Kills.
1: Let it Burn! Let, Let it burn. burn! <laughs> it's so good.
2: I don't know a better person. I don't know a better person. You're right,
0: the tables have turned and this is what we wanted. This is what we came here for. hmm You came to play this season. <laughs> When they finally face down, Lori, no longer Kate. Kate, she's dead. She runs away after one slice. They have an epic showdown at what looks like to be in the school's mess hall. Michael starts turning tables. It's wild and shit. Lori <laughs> manages to take him down with a flag post, but even that isn't enough to keep him down. She makes a run for it and hides down the hall where she attacks, stabbing Michael several times before he falls over to the edge to his presumably death below. This chasing is so iconic in my brain. Love this scene. I think it's perfectly placed. Uh, I think it's perfectly uh, paced. I think that Michael just looks so frustrated that Lori is even putting up a fight. And when he starts <laughs> flipping the tables, it still gives me like a genuine oh no. Because there's Michael is scary and certain movies and certain scenes. Michael mm-hmm. isn't always scary. Michael can be very comical at times. In this movie, he's okay. kind of comical. But this sequence, when he's just genuinely trying to murder someone, it is, it's
2: still fantastic. Yeah, this is, it's there. It's not my favorite <gasps> scene. I'm really yeah. gagged to hear that you love it so much. It's not that I hate it by any means. Yeah. Not, I don't think it's a bad scene. I'm just not, like, gagged by it. To me, it's just, like, Michael's, like, flipping tables, looking for Laurie, doing the same old I dig Michael it. bullshit like cat and mouse chases that
0: add something different instead of someone just yelling down the hallway and running. Yeah, that's true. I think if you're able to change up the dynamic and especially like this really weird adult hide and seek moment
2: of like, <laughs>
0: you're going to catch me. No, you can't. You're going to catch me.
2: <laughs> also, I don't believe for a second that Michael could... St- like balance himself so well on the tables and so silently that he wouldn't slip off. Like I would, if I tried to get on top of that table, I would have slipped and fell and broke my (laughs) spine, bitch. She tries to finish the job
0: and tries to go back and stab him. But how dare LLQJ make a reappearance and tell her not to stab her? Sorry, new girl, nobody press your buzzer. Like (laughs) For real. Lurie heads downstairs and takes the knife out of his chest and goes in for another stab. When Ronnie suddenly emerges and tells her he's dead, he's dead and pulls her
2: away. No, no. I I feel the same. Like, let me have my moment. I need to double tap. You don't know what's d- going on here. Thank you. You've been in this movie for all of 40 minutes. You You're get not part no of the say. situation. You're not part of the situation.
0: This doesn't involve you. This is a me Go. and him conversation. Go back to your little booth and keep writing your smut,
2: Ronnie. <laughs> I, I I hate that they pull away, but I get why they pull away. Because from there, we cut to the coroner zipping up Michael's body and Lori watching from afar until she springs into action, stealing a cop's gun and ordering them to load his body in. She steals the coroner's van with said body and drives away. As she makes her getaway, Michael's body begins to come to life yet again. And just as he comes out of the bag, Laurie accelerates and then quickly hits the brakes, sending Michael flying out of the windshield. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is great because you think that Laurie is not going to be able to do the double tap. You have to double tap.
1: We've Mm -hmm. established
2: this by Scream Now. You have to double tap. She does what needs to be done. She steals a cop uh, gun. She steals the body. She steals the coroner's van and she heads out to do her double tap.
0: Talented, We love to see a woman that takes amazing. charge and commits multiple crimes to take down her killer. Yeah, We love to see it. We're so proud of you girl. Rob those cops, steal that van. You deserve it. This is, I was, I don't know why I never expected Lori to be like,
2: this cop, you. I'm going to make sure he's dead. Well, I feel like this is like Lori's breaking point. This is when she's snapped. Like if she hasn't already snapped by then she snapped now. And then, and that's what I feel like. That's kind of what we got with 2018 Lori. I feel like that's the Lori that snapped. Um, This Lori doesn't snap until this point. I feel like. And then that's what ultimately leads to her being in a mental institution in Resurrection. We're not going to mention the sequel because according to the original take and what they wanted to do,
0: this was the ending of a, quote, trilogy of Halloween, Halloween 2, and this one being H2O. So uh-huh. we won't really mention Resurrection. It's best not to mention Resurrection because <laughs> I think this is a great, great finale. Because once she checks, chucks him out of that car like it's nothing, she does a, come on, get up. Get Uh up. I I know you're going to do it. And he inevitably gets up again. And then Lori goes in for the double tap by running him over and sending both of them flying down the cliff together. Lori comes to and finds Michael pinned between a tree and the van. Of course, he's still alive. And after a short beat where Lori gives pity to her brother and them reaching their hands out to each other, she winds back and gives the axe a big ol' swing to chop Michael's head clean off. We hear the infamous synth drill from part one and John Carpenter's infamous score takes over. We end on Lori's face and we cut to black. This ending is so swift. It is so freaking punk rock. I it's satisfying. It's very satisfying. To be very frank and honest, I didn't expect this type of conclusion for the movie that we built up to. This kind <laughs> of this kind of hits every single slasher beat. It is very to the book, to be very, very honest. But this ending, I I was expecting more of like a longer conclusion. Does that make sense? The fact that we end on his head swipe,
2: so punk rock. That is so badass. I love it. It's a great ending. I love the the extreme measure that laurie went to because she knows it's necessary in Mm -hmm. order to kill him you have to decapitate him it wasn't enough to stab him it wasn't enough that he was shot out from a windshield and it wasn't enough that he was in between a van and tree she had to make sure that mother effort was dead and she did what needed needed to to be be done done. you're
0: absolutely correct and it's very the most satisfying conclusion to what is so well deserved for lori she deserved all this you saw all the trauma she went through she Mm -hmm. projected it onto her son like every other marriage Ah! she, (laughs) she deserves to have the boogeyman go away finally it's great it sucks that her character doesn't get that ending she deserved with that sequel you know
2: yeah i i love love that they brought back that like shrill from Halloween, one John yes. Carpenter, because it's such it, an excellent sound cue, perfect. And if I'm not mistaken, it cuts to it's the original score that they cut to. They don't cut to the or- orchestral version that they made for H2O. They cut to the John Carpenter's original theme, which is a beautiful way to bookend that. It's such a full circle moment that I think is deserved, and the
0: fans. I think that's why this movie is pretty good with fans. I'm not going to say it's the fans' top favorite. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say that either, <laughs> but I think it it concludes in a way that it needs to and it's hello it's so 90s and michael deserved a very good 90s installment does that make sense yeah because the other installment
2: was not a good 90s no no, no 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 no
1: looking no,
0: at you no
2: football,
1: right? no no
0: ah <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our final scores
2: what are we giving this week's flick are you going to rent it return it or buy it I feel like I've given some very flip-floppy comments and side jabs and shade on this movie. There are lots of aspects that I love. There are lots of aspects that I hate. But overall, this is a movie that I love. I love all the little nuggets in there that were sprinkled in for the fans, all the references to uh, 1978. I love how you brought this up as kind of like very similar and pretty much like a precursor not a precursor but it's just very identical to 2018 which i never definitely a precursor i yeah. think without
0: this movie we wouldn't have gotten 2018 they wouldn't have had the permission or this to say oh we can ignore a timeline we can yeah. try and delve into something deeper and i i will stand by that i don't care who wants to yell at me
2: but if we didn't have h2o we wouldn't have 2018 you make a very valid point and it was a point it was a connection that i never made prior till today so thank you for that You're and welcome. with that said i would 100 own it because i do own it bitch <laughs> i own multiple copies of this movie yes i you love do. this movie i love Jimmy lee i love janet lee and like literally for that reason alone the fact that they had jamie and yeah. janet lee in the same movie together own it own it what about you? Are you going to rent it, return it, or buy it? To be very honest,
0: I'm I'm in the line between returning it and buying it because I, my answer is buy it. I think buy it if you really enjoy the Halloween series because this is a great installment. This is so nostalgic. This is so fun. It's too meta sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jamie Lee yelling, hello, I'm yes. here. The only reason why I'm teeter chattering on it is I can see why people don't enjoy it. It is yeah. by the numbers, it is, it gets lost in the sauce as like a scream influence. But if you need a good Halloween-filled vibe, because this movie still feels like Halloween, it's so good in the themes and tones. So buy it, please. Jamie Lee, Janet Lee, Michael's horrible hair and mask. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> you need to see it. For next week's release. Just because Halloween occurs this week, you think spooky season is done? No, no, no. no. Next month's theme is our Halloween hangover month. (laughs) We are continuing this Halloween bash with the movies that celebrate, mention, or serve us Halloween. To kick us off, we are going to have our very first anthology film, as well as our very first found footage flick with 2012's VHS
2: i'm very excited to return to this one i haven't seen it in such a long time i just remember like one thing from the movie so it'll be like rewatching it for the first time i'm stoked it's gonna be so fun i cannot talk can i cannot wait to talk about
0: the medium that has found footage it's so exciting and it's gonna be interesting for us to do an anthology we've never done an anthology nope this is our first cherry pop for our housekeeping, if you want to follow the Queens, please follow us on our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Follow our Twitter at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography.
2: My account is at STFU Ray. Or aka con- Witch Fingers Bitch. Yeah, mother- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that concludes this week's episode, y'all. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, because that concludes our month of horrors. Oh, we hope you have a great, safe, fun
0: Halloween this year. Please make up for last couple of years. Why? Because
2: you deserve it. You deserve it. And we will see you next month for our, yeah, more Halloween celebrations with our Halloween (laughs) hangover month. Because why? It is always Halloween at TCQ Video.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you on the next one.
1: Bye!